0: Well, in the past few weeks, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. We've been talking about different aspects to the kingdom of God. And I really believe that it's important for us, and not any more than at this time, but I think it's just really important at this time in history for us, where we're at in this country, for us to really understand that we're part of a kingdom. Because, you know, it appears to me that, you know, people are pretty stirred right now. If you talk to people a lot about the election coming up. You know, it's pretty much everybody, you know, the consensus seems to be, and maybe some say, no, I absolutely know. But the consensus seems to be I don't know who to vote for. And the consensus seems to be that, well, I really don't like either option. That's kind of the consensus. And I'm not going to address that other than to say that, remember, we're part of a kingdom. And yes, we function in this world. We function in this world. We have, to, we have to do what God's called us to do. You know, we're in the world. We're not of the world. And so I think it's important for us to remember that as we look at things going on around us, that yes, things are happening and things are changing and things are getting different and there's just a lot of uncertainty around us right now. But in the midst of that, I think it's important for us to remember that we're more a part of a kingdom. That we're part of a kingdom, so I think it's for Christians it's important for us to just get that inside of us to remember that we're we're part of a kingdom, and how important is that kingdom to you? How important is it to you? you know how important is it to you that I'm part of the kingdom of God? Do I even need to be? Does it matter? You know I think there was a time maybe in our past when people could say, well yeah, the kingdom of God is good, but you know, life's pretty good in America. You know, I almost believe that there was a time when our life was good enough that maybe we thought it was so good in America we didn't need to be part of a kingdom of God because who needs that when you got America? That's just kind of my my gut feeling a little bit that we kind of maybe developed that attitude. And if that's the case, if that's the case, and I believe we do belong to a kingdom, and I believe we have a king, and I believe that he's in charge, I believe that that would offend him. I believe that would offend him. And I believe he would do whatever he could to get us, get our attention to say, wait a minute, you're part of a kingdom. You're part of a kingdom. I want you to look at uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter. Beginning at the 44th verse, just thinking about how important is this kingdom and how important should it be to us? It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, and he hid it, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. What's the value? Well, it says here that this value of the kingdom of God is like a treasure, that it's, it's like a treasure, something you've put high importance on, something you would want, something that you, you put high value on. And when you find it, when you find it, you will do whatever it takes to get it. You will do whatever it takes to have that. So the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's important, but it's not just important, but it has tremendous value to us, more valuable than anything else. It says that these folks, when they found it, they were willing to sell everything to buy the field, to get the treasures they hid in the field. And so it says, you know, that it needs to be that kind of a priority in our life. That kind of a priority in our life, that the kingdom of God is a number one priority. That it has to be, it has to be where we place our value, where we place our trust. You know, it's where we, it's where we look to for the things we need. It takes, it takes surrender. It takes surrender. These folks, it says they were willing to surrender everything to be able to go by the field. You know, it takes surrender. That's something we really don't want to think about or we don't think about a lot nowadays because we kind of want everything to come to us without costing us anything. You know, we kind of we want our cake and eat it too. I kind of I want everything my way and, and easy and I don't want to have to pay much price for it. You know? You mean I might have to do something I don't like to do? You know? You mean I might have to I might have to work at it or I might have to give up something? We don't we don't we don't think along those lines. We don't we want to think along the lines of surrender. We want everything easy. We want everything easy. It's kind of it's kind of where our society is. You know in the beginning when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, you know what he told them to do? He told them to work. He said, "Take care of the garden." Now I, the other day I was visiting Jim Pierce and Sally, and Jim's out in the garden, and Jim's uh, I know he's in his late 80s, and Jim has he's, he's real proud of this, which he ought to be, but Jim has spaded his garden, and it's about, it's about from here to that wall and 12 feet wide. And he spaded this whole thing by hand. He said, "I just spade a little bit at a time." And I rest a lot. But he works. He works. He works. When God put him in mean, the garden, even though it was perfect, even at that time, they worked. They still had to work. And then the curse came. And then they worked a little harder because then we got thorns and thistles and all the other stuff that came with it. But, you know, it takes, it takes a cost. There's a cost to things in life. Everything isn't just free. Nobody owes you anything. And that's another thing now. It's almost like we think people owe us something. You know, like, well, just because I'm here, the world owes me. But nobody owes you anything. You know, even the Bible says that there's a cost. There's a cost. There's a cost to the kingdom. There's a cost that we need to, we need to be willing to surrender to, to have that. And that's, that's a big decision. That's a big decision. Turn to Luke, the 14th chapter. Jesus talked about this in Luke 14, starting at verse 25. It says, Now a great multitude went with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see him begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation to ask conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but salt has lost his favor. How shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land or for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. It says here we we make decisions. We make decisions. We count the cost. We count the cost. You know, I I believe last week I said, you know, no decision is a decision. A lot of times, you know, we don't realize, but no decision is a decision. And the Bible says we need to sit down and count the cost. We need to think about what it's going to cost to follow Christ. We need to think about what's it going to cost to be part of his kingdom. And Jesus laid it out in the beginning. He starts with a very hard one. He says, well, if you're going to come after me, he says, you need to hate your father and mother and, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and sometimes in a family we go, Oh yeah, I can do that. But you know, that's only at times when we're upset with somebody. But you know, mostly that sounds harsh because well, I don't hate my family. That's not right. You don't you don't hate your family. But Jesus says then he says also, even your own life. Even your own life. And what he's saying is, he says, You've got to place a priority on me and being my disciple that's greater than those around you and greater than your own personal wants and wishes you know that it's not about you it's not about you you know and so many times if we think about it when we read scripture we think about the kingdom of god we tend to think about it like what's in it for me what's in it for me what am i going to gain from this what am i what's in it for me why should i why should i be a part of this and jesus says well Here's what's in it for you. You need to give up. You need to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. He's not saying it's all about you. He's saying you got to be willing to lay that all aside. And, you know, that's that's a huge, a huge thing. That's a huge thing for us, especially in our society when we're told it's all about us. You know, it's all about us. Everything around us is about us advertisements everything that's advertised is about me because they're trying to get me to buy what they have and everything says oh yeah it's all about you it's oh eat eat whatever you want because it's all good for you you know eat whatever eat whatever you want do what you want look a certain way it's all about you everything around us shouts that at us and then the kingdom gospel comes and says no it's not about you can you see why this would be hard sometimes for us especially in our in our society to all of a sudden say wait a minute it's not about me it's not about me um, i think i'm going to do at least a couple of messages i think on worship and and one thought i've had which i'll tell you now is one thought i've had is you know there's no i in worship there's no i in worship that's all i'm going to tell you about it but uh you know it's not about you you know, and so many times we, uh, we got everything geared to, well, it's all about me. Well, it's not. And in the kingdom of God, we need to realize, the Bible says where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be also. The things that we really treasure, the things that we really think we have to have, the things that we really have to do, the things we got to have, wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. That's where our heart's going to be. And I believe for a Christian, we have to be able to get our priorities right. And I'm not saying that, you know, we have to go up on a mountain somewhere and live in a cave. But I'm saying in the midst of the world we live in, we have to be willing to understand God's principles and what He asks of us. We have to be willing to lay down things and not necessarily even pick them up in the first place you know that not everybody what everybody says we have to have we don't have to have you know it's, it's difficult sometimes but we have to count the cost we have to decide where we put our value where we put our value because you know the kingdom of god is not about this life altogether you know it's said it's said you know we we were with jim a little bit the night let's see the evening before he passed You know, it's sad losing loved ones. Yeah, it it is sad. We miss them. We miss them. But, folks, in the kingdom of God, it's not sad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be sad and mourn the loss of someone. But, you know, in the kingdom of God, we got to know that it's not sad. That that's what we live for. You know, that's what we live for. Death has no victory over us, death is defeated you know, in the kingdom of God. So it's different. It's different. Yes, we can be sad because we're going to lose somebody, but then again, we can rejoice because we know where they're going, you know. And so so for the Christians, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, you know. We're in the world. We have to deal with life. We have to deal with the stuff around us. We have to deal with work and jobs and whatever else goes on in the world around us. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we have to keep that in mind. We have to keep that as, you know, that's our priority because the kingdom of God is not just about this life. It's not just about this life. In Romans, the 14th chapter, Romans, the 14th chapter, the 17th verse, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, as you get older, that scripture will make a lot more sense to you. But, you know, the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking and clothes and stuff and everything else. Because the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. And you'll find older people saying, you know, those are the things that money can't buy. Try buying, try buying the things from the, from the kingdom of God with money. Oh, sometimes we try. We think, well, if I have this, I'll be happier. Or if I have this, it'll make me happier. And, you know, it may be happy for a moment. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You know, things that money can't buy. Money can't buy. And and so many times we, we place our values in the wrong place. We place our values in the things we think are going to make us happy. And again, I'm not saying we shouldn't have things. I'm just saying don't expect them to bring you ultimate happiness, peace, and joy. Those things come from the kingdom of God. And then for us as Christians, we have to decide what we're going to do with this. What are we going to do? You know, we have to decide, am I going to be part of this kingdom? I don't think, you know, maybe you can, and I'm not saying necessarily you can't, but you don't just try the kingdom of God. Uh, you don't just say, well, eh, it sounds good. I'll give it a try. What I found is if you try it, you maybe get discouraged and you go, eh, that didn't work. That, that you know, well, that, that didn't really work. What I find is that to have the kingdom of God, you've got to decide to be a part of it. And you decide to be a part of it no matter what. You count the cost. You decide to be a part of it. And then it's no matter what. Because otherwise, I think you start to say, well, I'll try it. Well, that didn't work. Or sometimes people say, well, I trusted God. Well, it didn't work. Well, you trust God and that's it. That's it. That's it. It works. It works. You trust him. But see, so many times it's that I. You know, it's, it's, well, it's about me. You know, and sometimes as I trusted God, I wanted to be part of his kingdom because I thought it would make my life better. I thought, I thought life would get easier. And maybe sometimes it could. Maybe sometimes parts of your life could get easier. Sometimes parts of your life could get harder. Sometimes it can get more difficult. Sometimes there can be challenges. Sometimes there can be people who will disappoint us maybe or people will say things about us or, or whatever it might be. And it can be more difficult, more difficult. And we need to understand that the kingdom of God is not something out there, something out there. The kingdom of God is a part of us. In Luke, the 17th chapter, Luke, the 17th chapter, the 20th verse. Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. They wanted to know when it was coming because they were looking for help. Okay, it's kind of like, you know, again, I'm sorry, but it's kind of like us ready before the election. Like, uh, Lord, when's the kingdom coming? Could you get here quick? This looks like a mess to me. You know, that's kind of what the Pharisees were saying. When's the kingdom of God going to come? And Jesus said to them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Where's his kingdom? His kingdom is within us. It's within us. It's a part of us. The Spirit of God is in us. The Bible says to be part of the kingdom, we have to be born again. We have to be born of the Spirit to see the kingdom of God. It's in us. It's not out there. It's in us. Nobody can give it to you nobody can take it away. It's in us. It's by His Spirit. It's by His Spirit that it's part of us. It's not not buildings, it's not organizations, it's not external things. The kingdom of God is within you. So it becomes that personal decision. It becomes that decision to allow God in me, to allow Him in me by His Spirit. And when he's in us, and we have that treasure in us, then something is supposed to happen. Something is supposed to happen. We're supposed to then share that treasure with others. We're supposed to be willing to share what God's done in us, what he's given us, how much that means to us, this treasure inside of us that we would pay anything for, that we would do anything for, that we would die for this treasure now becomes a part of us to where we want to share that with others so that they can also know the, the pleasures of the kingdom of God. In, uh, early in his ministry, Jesus sent out his disciples in Matthew, the 10th chapter. Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 5th verse. Jesus took 12, his 12 disciples and he said to them, he sent them out and commanded them, saying, don't go the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the house, lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is at hand. He says, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. He says, now, the idea is that once we know the value and if we experience the kingdom of God in us, then what we want to do is we want to share that with others. You know, the last things, one of the last things Jesus told disciples was, go and make disciples. Go, the idea being again, go and tell them about my kingdom. Tell them about the kingdom of God. And as you go, it's not just go, but we're supposed to Share. We're supposed to do. We're supposed to put activity to what we say. You know what? He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Allow me to minister to people's needs. Allow me to minister to people's needs. So important, so important. I believe it's going to become more important in the days ahead, okay? Okay. As we don't have access sometimes to the means to take care of these things, I believe there's a time coming when we're going to need to more and more trust the kingdom of God. That's a personal opinion. But I believe it's time coming. I don't know if I'll see it, but I believe a time is coming when we're going to more and more need to understand and trust the kingdom of God to minister to people and meet our needs. That maybe the things that we have available to us won't be as available for whatever reason. That we'll need to to realize and trust the God who is there to take care of us. And and it's important for us to understand that. I believe it's important for us to begin to put that into application in our lives now, so that we can start to live that so that when the time comes, we're ready. We're ready. We're ready to realize that it's the kingdom of God. And I've said it before, you know, honestly, and we, we say we don't, but we rely on a lot of other things to take care of our needs. And I'm not saying we shouldn't because it's there. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say, what if it's not there? What if it's not there? You know, what if, what if, what if people, you know, there's people live in parts of the world that these, these things aren't available to them. You know, I've never been overseas to go on a mission trip. One of the things I've heard, and I trust the people that tell me this, they say when they go overseas, they see a lot more miracles than when they're here. And they, you know, and everybody says, why is that? Why is that? Well, to me, it's because the need is greater. They don't have access to the things we have access to. Just think about it. Just think about it. If we didn't have access to the modern medicine we have access to, do you think you would believe God for healing a lot more? You know, if you didn't have access to, to whatever is available, I mean, so many things available to it. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's kind of a fact. That's just the way I see it. You know, and I'm I'm just saying that, you know, if the day comes that it's not available, then what are we going to do? The other side of it is as a christian i think we need to understand that all that we have is from god and he can use all kinds of things but he's the source so no matter whether my head hurts and i pray that god heals my head or if i take an aspirin and it goes away i thank god for what he has provided i see him as the source okay i see him i give him thanks and praise for Whatever it is that happens. Because I see that he's the one. I see that he's the one. Now, if over a period of time his people don't acknowledge him, what would he maybe do? I'm not trying to say, you know, but he might say, well, maybe I've just given them too much that they don't realize it's me. Maybe I should take some of that away. You know, maybe. Because what does he want? He wants us to thank and praise him. He wants us to acknowledge him. He wants us to understand that we're part of a kingdom and he's the king. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for a people. And so as Christians, you know, we need to realize we're part of a kingdom. We're part of a kingdom and he's the king. That it's not all about me. And that I need to share that with other people. I need to share that wherever I have opportunity. Opportunity. And I believe opportunities are there. Opportunities will probably arise more and more as we go forward. We have a chance to share. You know, it's about his kingdom. It's about his kingdom. There may be even opportunity in the midst of this election season to share with somebody about the kingdom of God. I don't know if you have anybody at work that says, I ain't voting for him. I'm not voting for them. You know, Nobody wants to vote for nobody. They're all mad and say, well, thank goodness we're part of a kingdom. You know? I'm not saying you should or shouldn't vote. I'm not even going I don't, to, I don't know. I, you know, I'm going to vote. I've heard, I've heard Christians say, don't vote. And I've heard all kinds of things. I mean, people are really stirred up. I mean, I got, I got Christian people I look up to and say, I'm not voting. I couldn't vote for you one of them, so I'm not voting. I don't know that that's right. I'm just telling you, thank goodness we're part of a kingdom. And thank goodness Jesus is the king. And thank goodness he's in charge. Thank goodness. You know, so no matter what, no matter what comes, no matter what happens, we're always going to be part of his kingdom. And that can give us righteousness, peace, and joy. Things that you won't get from whoever's elected. (laughs) I mean, if you're looking for righteousness, peace, and joy from whoever's elected, well, good luck. That's all I can tell you. You know, but we're part of a kingdom. We're part of a kingdom. And thank goodness, for the king let's all stand heavenly father we just pray that you'd remind us lord that that you are the king and the lord no matter what goes on around us no matter our circumstances no matter what we see or experience or what's happening lord that more important than the cir- circumstances and the things around us more important than that is that we are the part of the kingdom so, Lord, help us to make that decision. If there's anyone here that has never made that decision to be part of your kingdom, to count the cost, to surrender their life to you, Lord, I pray you'd encourage them to do that today. Lord, it's it's never too late, and it's always on time. Today's the day. So, Lord, help them be willing to make that decision. Lord, we thank you for, for all that you are doing. Lord, help us in the midst of everything we see around us to realize that you're still in charge. And, Lord, help us to look to you and trust you. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning who would like prayer, has a need for prayer, Lord, you just encourage them to come up front over to my left, and and Rose and Jim will be here to pray with them. Lord, we just thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the rain that you sent. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Today we do take down the chair.